greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services, 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. At The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Obutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church. Think great. Okay, um, we had a syllabus last month on connections, the spiritual family that we belong to, and the natural family. Many of those teachings were geared at strengthening our relationships. God brought us into those relationships. You're married, you have a family, or you're a part of a local assembly like this. Last uh, month, we also talked about the vision of the church. We are raising generations of great people so that they can be a blessing. The greatness is the kind of greatness that God blesses. There are all kinds of greatness that are defined all over the world. But it's a type of greatness that pleases God. So we are raising generations of great people that will in turn be a blessing. So if you're in this church, God brought you here for a purpose. He wants to raise you so you can be a blessing. Blessing to God's kingdom, blessing to your household, blessing to our nation. So much that, and when we say greatness, it's not about finances in terms of you'll be a billionaire, you'll be a multimillionaire. No, there's a way you grow great and you'll be a blessing. Mother Teresa wasn't a billionaire in that sense, but she's, she was a great woman and she blessed our generation. Of course, finances hold a major part of greatness because you hardly can spread the gospel without adequate finances. So I believe that within us is that DNA of greatness, and it must be part of our thinking pattern. That I'm, not, I'm not ending small. Though I might start small, I will never remain small. The blessing of Abraham on my life has a way of empowering my life, the things I do. That Therefore, I have creative ideas. I have favor which in turn affects the thing I do, and somehow I'm experiencing God's enlargement, which gives me a better capacity to be a blessing. And I pray that um, our, our hands would touch it in Jesus' name. Now, Jesus talks a lot about greatness and the keys to greatness. And one major area that we are focusing on this month is on, uh, it's about service, that the way up is down. Mark chapter 10, verse 40. The kind of greatness we're talking about is not the one that oppresses people. It's not the one that uh, leads to pride and ends up in destruction. No. It's the greatness that comes through service and empowers you to even serve more. And that's the beginning. Mark chapter 10, verse 40. You remember the disciples of... Can we even mention the disciples of Jesus Christ? I want to know whether you are still a Christian, you know. Uh, what do you know? Who? Peter, okay. Matthew, okay. Anybody here? James, yes. Anybody there? Andrew, thank you. Anybody there? It's okay. Anybody here? But, uh, 
Thomas. Why do you remember Thomas? Okay, it's fine. Another person here? Judas Iscariot. Mm. Not Judas is pineapple, Abby. That's good. Anybody here, please? Bartholomew. <laughs> yes? Bookie, yes? Leviticus. <laughs> Anybody here? <laughs> James, the son of Aphios. Hmm. Bible study. God bless you, man. Anybody? Anybody? Any other disciple? What about Esther? Is she, is she a disciple? Okay. What about Nicodemus? Is, they are disciples, but not in the 12, right? Okay. Let's open our Bibles to Nicodemus chapter 5. Nicodemus chapter 5. You don't have it in your Bible? Okay. You know, I went for an interview, U.S. interview many years ago, and they had told me no. So it wasn't easy when you were rejected like that. So I left it for some years. And when I was now led to go back, I went back, and the man just said, I should start naming the name of the disciples. She will say, you are a pastor. I didn't even plan that. I planned deeper things. <laughs> because the first one, they refused me. They said I should mention the four horses of the apocalypse. Ah, I said I'm a Pentecostal pastor. <laughs> <laughs> apocalypse, guy. I'm talking God for healing. But I was going to say apocalypse. <laughs> so when I was going for the second one, I was ready. That's how I should name disciples. I said, yeah. Okay. Peter, everything. And I said, James, everything. The man, and I said, there are, I think there are two... Judas is. Judas is carrot and the other Judas. You know, the man answered, are there two? I said, there are two. You don't even know it. He <laughs> didn't know. And they gave me the visa. Amen. Amen. So maybe what we just did now might rescue you if you go to this. Okay, Mark 10 verse 14. Now, so those disciples we mentioned now, they were already struggling for space. They wanted to become, you know, people like, like politics. They were asking who will sit on your right hand. I mean, it's very funny. Out of 12 disciples, one is saying I will sit on your right. The other is I will sit on your left. Out of 12 Two are claiming space. That is the time to go and find their own space. So, but, so he now responded to them. He said, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it is prepared. He now began to explain. This greatness you are looking for is not about pride or hunting for position. That's not the way you are going to get it. Verse 41 and when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly di- displeased. With, it was James and John that were trying to take space, uh, left and right. So the other ten were angry. What do you mean? If you take left, you take right. So also just go and uh, do what? Verse 42. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles, that is the way they do it in the world, they lord it over people. They oppress people. They want to oppress their fellow man. He said, they are great ones, exercise authority over them. Can we have this in ERV? Uh, easy to read version. So the way uh, of greatness of the world, he said, that's not the one God was going to give to you. That's not the way to it. That one does not last. ERV says, Jesus called all the followers together. He said, the non-Jewish people have men. They call rulers. You know that those rulers love to show. To show their power over the people. And their important leaders love to use all the authority over the people. Now if this is what you are looking for, you might get it, but it will never last. The greatness that lasts, even beyond your death, is the one that comes through service. Verse 43, you can continue with ERV. It says, but it should not be that way with you. We're not looking for greatness to show off. Look, if you are great, it will show itself off. 
Yes or no? Yes. A general is a general, whether he's wearing nikah or he's a general. So you don't need to show off carnally, it will show itself off. When an elephant is passing, he doesn't need to wear anything, it's an elephant, he's not a goat. So we're not after show off. You want to, you want to buy cars to impress your secondary school mates. If that's your quest, is the reason why your prosperity is delayed. Because if you, if, you are, if you get it based on that, it will destroy you. Praise the Lord. He said, but it should not be that way with you. Whoever wants to be your leader must be what? Your servant. Wow. Verse 44. Whoever wants to be first must Serve. Somebody say serve. serve. Say serve. serve. Must serve the rest of you like a Now we don't like that. But that's the way up. And I checked through history. I've seen, I mean, look at Nelson Mandela, for instance. Is it not slavery to go to prison? In a bid to serve his people. And that's the kind of greatness that is spoken about even after death. Amassing money to impress people. Buying special clothes, and that is your major focus. It's too, it's too vain to live for. It's too vain. Cars will change. Clothes will fade. But he said, must be a servant. The next verse says, Jesus Christ said, I'm here also. He said, it's verse 45, 45. He said, follow my example. Even the Son of Man did not come for people to what? Serve him in that context. He, he came to do what? serve others, and to give his life, to save. That's why his name is still alive. So all through the month of March, we'll be talking about serving God and serving humanity. That is the way to greatness. Check any organization that focuses on serving people effectively. Their products will always last. They will make profit, yes. They will have expansion, yes. But somewhere within the ethos or the soul of that business is what will serve you, what will bless you, what will make life easy for you. Check them. They never lack ideas and they never lack consumers or customers. He said, it shall not be that way with you. That he will be the greatest, must be the servant of all. And this is going to change many of us in the course of the month. Because, if, I mean, the Holy Spirit was telling me that if James and, you know, they call James, John, the beloved, the gentle, if James and John can be seeking for who will sit beside Jesus, then politics can happen in your church. People just who for position and title. But that's not the way. If you serve people well, your position will be retained. That God will keep increasing you. But if you forget the serving part, and all about is the title and your position in the church, something will happen one day, you will lose everything. And that's to say, beware of politics in church. If that's what coming to church has reduced you to, then you will repent today in Jesus' name. Yeah. Must serve, serve. Meaning, whatever area you know God has gifted you, whatever thing you know you can do to serve humanity, be lost in it. Be lost in it. God will give you a name. God will give you many titles. But that's not your focus. Be lost in that. And never lose sight of that. You know, I was praying yesterday for this service. Every time we have child dedication, to some of us, it might be a ceremony. Ah, we are dedicating children. But to me, it's very huge. I grew up in an idolatrous setting where 
when children are born, some of us know about that, they take them to places because a lot is determined in that first month. So that's why our parents or grandparents take children to strange places for them to be prayed over just to help their future. Dedication for me. And, and every time I say, Lord, you've got to put blessings in my mouth. You've got to anoint me because these children, I've seen them as babies now. In 18 years, they will not be babies. So whatever is said over them matters to every generation. Never reduce your activity in church as activity. See the serving part as the main part. God will always bless those who are willing to serve. You are in traffic. You are helping with the junior church. Whatever. Never allow politicking. Unnecessary uh, 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 competition to corrupt your heart. If you get into that, you will self-destruct. We serve God with our energy. We serve God with our life. We've been looking at Romans 12. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I beseech you. Romans 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Can we have Romans 12 on screen? Okay. Okay, okay, you can leave it. Okay. So I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you do what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is what? Yeah, our serving God starts with our lives, your heart. I was in a place to preach recently, and they were introducing me, and they said, this is pastor of Global Impact Church. And then the pastor now paused and said, and also I want to say, he's a Christian. So people are now giggling. He's a pastor. Already, of course, he's a Christian. That's the way people are giggling. He now said, no, there are many pastors now they are not even Christians anymore. You can be in church for many years and lose the God factor in your life. You know, it's easy to act in church because we have the language. Bless you. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Surely, goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the songs, unbelievers even sing it. Believers sing You can act. But your relationship with God is what sustains you to the end. Our service starts with our vital link with him. Your heart before your hand. One day my pastor was praying for me. He said, may your work, W-A-L-K, with God be more important to you than your work for God. It's a blessing forever. May your W-A-L-K work with, that's your relationship with God, be more important to you than your W-O-R-K. Because activities in church does not mean you are still a Christian at all. That's why at times, some things can happen to some people. And you say, ah, boy, he goes to church every day. Boy, we see him in church every day. But you don't know whether they've lost the soul. I don't know what I'm making sense. They've lost the real thing, but you don't know. You don't go home with them. He doesn't pray anymore. He doesn't read the Bible anymore. He's watching relevant movies. I don't know. Just see them in church. How are you, brother? How are you, sister? Bless you. Bless thee. So our serving him starts with him. And if you're here, you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. What a day to surrender to Christ. What a day to get back to him. In case you've lost touch, what a day to say, Lord... 
I've been deceiving people and deceiving myself. I just want to get back to you, Lord. I, you, are, you are everything I need. I, I mentioned in the first service how uh, in, in, in university, as an ambitious young man, you know, as a young person, you have ambitions. Your ambition can become a God to you. You want to become great, carnally. You want to show that you two are you're a millionaire. You want to have cars. And you have those dreams. Having dreams, they are not wrong. But many people have made those dreams their God. In fact, they are serving God is to try to get God to fulfill that dream. Like, let me use God to fulfill this, my ambition. So such people, when it looks like that God is not doing it enough, that's why they go to other gods. Because that ambition is their, is their God. And God has to rescue you from that. That you can't make yourself great. I told Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. Relax. Put me first. And I will even exceed your expectation. I will do beyond what you have thought. And it was a rescue for me. That's your reasonable service, your heart. And then your energy, your resources. If you look at Luke chapter 5, we've been exploring that from the very uh, early morning service. Luke chapter 5 from verse 1. You know, when you, hear, when you see encounters of people with God, it helps to shape your relationship with God. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. Simon Peter, one of the foremost apostles, uh, we all know him, see this experience, see this encounter with God. So it was, as the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word. Try and imagine this scenario. Uh, Jesus was, of course, anytime he steps out, people want to hear him speak or receive miracles. So he was at the lake of Gennesaret, and he wanted to, like, talk and bless. But there were no crowd. Crowd was pressing, and the lake was there. Verse 2, and he saw how many boats? Two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out from them, and they were washing their nets. Just imagine that. He saw two boats, saw the fishermen, and then by destiny, verse 3, verse 3, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and then asked Simon to put out a little from the land. And Jesus now sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. Peter was not in the best place to give out his boat. You understand that as you read further. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, that means Jesus used his boat. When he had stopped speaking, he now said to Simon, I pray that God will give you direction this month. Amen. I pray that where things were not working, God will give you directions for breakthroughs. Amen. Because he never said to all the fishermen, there were two boats. He picked one person's boat called Simon. I mentioned in the second service, Anytime you are privileged to give in the church or serve in any portfolio, any position, always see it as destiny. See it as an opportunity. We don't know who the second boat is. We don't know who the owner is. But we know about Simon. So when my account is used for gospel's sake, when money flows from my hand for gospel's sake, when my energy is used for gospel's sake, I must first see it as an opportunity and privilege. This was where this journey started. He said to, now, to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Wow. After he used his boat for the gospel, I mentioned that you must see it as an opportunity because he said, if you don't worship me, 
I will raise up what? Stones. We know that this Jesus can walk on water. So he could have just stayed on the water and thought. Wouldn't that be a great message? He could have done that. Now, for him to now say, okay, uh, I want to use your boat, it means I want to bless you in disguise. That's what it means. I want to bless you, Peter. There's something about your destiny. And then Peter said in verse 5, But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have labored all night. I've been in Lagos for the last 10 years. Nothing. I tried and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, at your direction, at your empowerment, I will let down the net. Verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Serving God pays. I said in the first service, giving is never convenient. There is never a time when giving is convenient. Here is a man that had toiled all night and caught nothing. It's not the best time to call him to use his boat. I say in Niger system, if we're in that kind of scenario, you have worked all night and then you are washing your net, complaining about the fishing overnight. Oh, I don't know what's happening to this economy. Oh, and, everything. and then Pastor Yemi shows up. So bless you in the name of Jesus. Can I use your boat? Some will look at the rabbi and go on Twitter. Nigerian pastors are callous. This is a, you know, that's humanistic thinking. Humanism is not the gospel. And many are falling for that. You don't worship human beings. Oh, we bless people, you know. I mean, let me digress a bit. Jesus Christ gave one person five, what? Talent. And that one, I think three. And that one, two. Five, two, one. The one person was making excuses. He did what? He collected it from that one and gave it to the guy that had ten. They are all servants of his. Humanism doesn't like that. They say we should help everybody. Everybody should be equal. It will never happen in life. Never. He took one and gave the other guy. Now, this guy has how many now? Eleven. That one has what? Is that, is that logic? Is that nice? Watch it that you don't mix humanism with your Christianity. Follow God's word with God's wisdom. A humanistic thinker we say, no, let's balance the ecosystem. Out of that 11, in fact, God was warning me about that. He said, me in my wisdom, I took one from, I took it from that person. I gave this person 10, in now has 11. If you prove to be wiser than me, no problem. Because people now think, ah, you just imagine if Jesus Christ left that place. Would you feel sorry for that guy? You will feel sorry. That's what I mean. Ah, can they? Ah, can they? Out of feeling sorry, you now take five for your own and give that so we can balance it. So you now have like six. So now have like five, you know. If Jesus' wisdom took it from him, I hope your wisdom is wiser than Jesus' wisdom. And we will see where it will buy a day. <laughs> God was using it to warn me. Anyone I tell you not to give anything to, don't give them. No matter how the person is in need. Are you hearing me? It's not everybody that is a ground for your seed at a particular time. You don't know what that person is handling with God. 
Do you know what that person told Jesus Christ? He said, uh, you are, he was abusing Jesus Christ. But you are not there. Yeah, zero. And I have 11. Oh, this is unfair. You now carry five. I mean, we help people. But we help by being led. Glory to God. If you sponsor a rebel, your finance will dry up. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Do you understand? Don't the prodigal son, there was a time, scripture says, and no man. Because God was trying to get him to get him back. But if you don't know that one, God was trying to do something bigger in his life. Are you understanding me? You're not going to carry one million and give him. The repentance he should have done that will help him more than money. You don't, you don't spoil it. Do you get the mystery? At that time, the prodigal son, his head needs to be correct and get back home. That restoration matters to him than you giving him money. So if you're not, you not discerning by the spirit and you are humanistic, ah, you are eating with pigs and you are a prince, ah, if you're not giving one million, he will feel he's okay. He will not repent. So when God sees that you are like that, he blocks your own. Eh? You know the movies that we watch? I'm the... I'm not the wicked man. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the boss. You are the actor, James Bond. You are now weak. I want to deal with you. Somebody is now strengthening you to fight me back. What do they do? They weaken this one, not to give him strength to respond. That's on the other side of it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. He that sows is the person that reaps. How many two farmers can go to farm? One is just in the farm, no work. The other one is farming, working. You now expect them to have the same harvest. No, God, Jesus said to Simon, now be blessed, go and launch back into the deep. God does not use people as it were. He raises people. Peter had a net-breaking, boat-sinking experience. And if you get to that, uh, I think verse, the next verse, where Peter was astonished when he saw it. He saw the harvest. Wow. Only God can do this. He knelt down and repented. And then something great happened that, you know, where you put your resources matter a lot. Peter knelt down and then just guys down said, he said, when Peter, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me if I'm a sinful man, oh Lord. Verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished. You will see astonishing breakthroughs. Things that will shake your heart positively. He said, for he and all were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, which they are taking. Now verse 10. And he also was, uh, also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who are partners with Simon. And Jesus now said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you are going beyond fishing. You are fulfilling destiny. I believe that when people are committed to God with their resources, beyond the harvest you get, destiny is made. Am I making sense? The fish will come and go. The fish will be eating. You catch, but he said, you will not just be catching fish again, no, Peter. You will not be a fisher of men. That was the day his destiny was ignited. So we, we know that anyone that trades with God never go down. Abraham did not just receive multiplication of Isaac. Abraham received destiny. So anytime we are privileged to give sacrifices in church for kingdom use, you are a tither, never see it as a social step. See it as a covenant step. And know that no matter what I give or I do, 
I can never outgive God. When God does his own part, what you have done looks like nothing. Peter just knelt down. It was his boat he gave. But this one that you have responded with is beyond me. He knelt down. I pray that breakthroughs that will drive you to your knees will happen for all of us in the month of March. Let me say it again. I pray and I declare that the turn around, the liftings, the hand of God that will cause you to go on your knees in worship, they are the things we will experience in the month of March. In our businesses, in our careers, even in our entire destiny, that will be our experience. In the name of Jesus Christ. And you find that the fisherman can become an apostle when you walk with God. Do you know, sir, if you are in the school of fishing and they are asking everybody about their ambitions for life, can you imagine the height of what Peter would have said? It's his own dream. I will be the greatest fisherman in the all, all of Jerusalem. And he will be painting it like that's the best he can become. But see what God made him. There are many cathedrals in Europe. There are many of you, of you here that are named Peter. Only God can do that. That's why you don't worship your ambition. You worship God. God will go beyond that. Glory to God. Don't forget, when Peter became an apostle, he still knew how to fish. Because when he had a challenge, he still went to fish. Beyond his business, God made him great. That will be our experience in Jesus' name. Can we bow our heads to talk to God this uh, afternoon? Greatness is a function of wisdom. The wiser we are, the better we live. Join us every Sunday at Global Impact Church for four great services. 7 a.m., 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. At The Good Land, Ifako Bus Stop, Owaranshoki Ogbutu Expressway, Lagos, Nigeria. Host, Yemi and Bimbo David. For inquiries, visit www.globalimpactng.org or call 0808-156-3080. Global Impact Church.